Kia This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kia Wellington. I am sounding really loud. Why am I sounding so loud? Oh, there we go. Hi, this is Sadie on B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. Now, today, um, actually on Friday this week, there's going to be an opening at Potoki Patterson Art Gallery on Dixon Street for the Unholy Trinity Exhibition. Unholy Trinity Exhibition, it's a collection of opulent objects and it's been put together by three textile artists, David Royal, Charmaine Anthony and Suzanne Tamaki. Um, we've have, we were hoping to have the whole Unholy Trinity here, but actually we just have Suzanne at the moment. <laughs> Kia ora. <Suzanne. laughs> I'm sure that they're, they're here in spirit. How's that? <laughs> and you never know, maybe Charmaine might appear. Hopefully. We, we will see. If you're out there, Charmaine, come on in. Yeah, we're waiting. Just let yourself in. It's all good. <laughs> so, and that goes until August 31st. Maybe you can just do your own little intro. About yourself. Sure, I'll kia ora everyone. Uh, my name is Suzanne Tamaki. I'm an artist that's based in Newtown, and I'm really lucky to have David Royal as my next door neighbour. And actually, Charmaine was living next door for a while too, so it was quite fantastic having all three of us in the same area, just one house away from each other and sharing the backyard. And what it's been is really good opportunity for us to be able to work together on lots of different projects and collaborate and inspire each other. So we thought it was about time that we did a show together as well. And we all have quite different backgrounds. So I'm we're all Māori. Uh, I'm Tuhoi and Maniapoto. And a lot of my work is based mainly on the effect of colonisation on Māori culture and Māori art. And David does a lot of work using upcycling, recycling, um, hand sewing. Uh, so his work is quite spectacular and extraordinary. And Charmaine's quite dark and devious sometimes, um, the way she thinks and the way she, she creates objects. She's really into, she's got a dolly boratory, so she um, makes new dolls out of old parts. A dolly boratory. Yeah, so she's <laughs> really into dolls. And so uh, she's going to be setting up a cabinet of curiosities that will have some of her inventions in there. Fantastic. Wow. <laughs> so it sounds quite um, varied, although you're all textile artists. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we I would say that we're more multimedia, so we don't just work with textiles. Te we love fashion, um, even though it's our, our own sort of take on fashion and what we think it looks like and what we like and appreciate. But we also work with assemblage and we really love the idea of using found objects to create something new, but also it looks like it's something quite old. We like um, we like investigating uh, found and recycled materials, like I said, and I use a lot of it to create jewellery. And Charmaine does loads of jewellery as well as fashion, and also a lot of her um, sculptural pieces. Right. Actually, you got a really interesting necklace on today. Did you make that? No, I didn't. Actually, this is a really amazing. Um, this was a gift from my cousin, and it's quite interesting because it's bones from lots of different animals like a bear and a beaver and a dog and even a mower. And what the artist has done is that he's 
carved each bone so that it looks like a tooth, but they're not actually teeth. He's yeah, carved I them thought like they that. were teeth. Yeah, so it's, a, it's one of my favourite pieces. But I did make these earrings that I'm wearing, uh, and they're made out of shoehorns. Ah, oh. so there you go, so recycling bone as well. No, so like plastic shoehorns. Plastic shoehorns. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. they're nice and light. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys have been friends for a really long time, from what I hear. Yeah, we have. Um, God, I don't even know when we first met. Over 10 years ago, and I think I met um, David on Cuba Street, and he was really frustrated because he wasn't wearing blankets and I was doing work with blankets, and people would say, oh, you're wearing the Suzanne Tamaki, and he'd be like, no, I'm not. This is my own. I don't even know who she is. And then <laughs> we finally met and just got on really well, and I had... Um, a lot of synergy and a lot of the stuff we were doing was really similar, so it was quite fantastic. And then I met Charmaine through him, and they had a shop in the left bank. Mm-hmm. Well, Charmaine had the shop. She was stunning, and uh, she's still all stunning. Uh, and I just was blown away by her incredible tailoring and her ideas around fashion. It's very Vivian Westwood and quite punk, and she's really into um, checks and um, leather, and, and she's really amazing at manipulating it. She did a series of work where she moulded a, a lot of dogs' masks using um, leather. And she's, she's really great. If she doesn't know how to do something, she'll find out how to do it, and then she'll just go and she'll just do it. Uh, and I really admire that about her. It's really inspiring. Did you all, like, do art degrees initially? Um, no, I don't. Um, I think that what we did was lots of different art things. Like, they did... I think David and Charmaine did Bauman. They went to um, Sue Bauman's fashion thing, and they did it through wins. So if you were unemployed, you were able to go on this art thing, and so I, that might be how they met. And so they did fashion with that, and um, I don't know, Charmaine's an incredible painter as well, so I think she's just quite naturally talented at lots of things. And then I've always done art since I was a child and uh, went to the Learning Connection, did a couple of years there and also tutored there and then did other courses on the side like fashion, pattern making, millinery, painting, drawing, jewellery, weaving, just anything, cooking, just things that are around that are creative and, and that I think they all sort of feed into each other really. Just taking advantage of what's out there. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about Wellington, isn't it? Well, it is, and I think there's lots to, lots on offer. They just have to look around, and it's not super expensive, and there's lots of really amazing night courses at, like, Wellington High School and lots of other places around too, rather than trying to invest your time and energy and money into being a full-time student. I mm. think there's other ways you can get around it. It just means you won't walk out with that degree, but creative people just want to get in there and do it anyway. It's the doing that counts, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> you can have all the bits of paper in the world. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so you, the promo for the Unholy Trinity exhibition describes you as infamous. Why oh. would why are you infamous? Oh, thanks for that, Vanessa. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's probably because I'm part of a, a group of Auckland artists called Pacific Sisters and we've just finished exhibiting at Te Papa and Auckland Art Gallery. So we were pretty much on the fashion scene started in the 90s, our first collab show was 1993 and um, we were really aware that there was no brown faces 
no brown voices in the media. All the models were white. Um, you look on TV, there was no brown faces. There, um, there were no heroes that were brown. It was just really um, Eurocentric. And it was like, we live in Auckland. It's one of the biggest Pacific um, populations in the world. Why are we not being seen or heard or promoted? And so we thought, well, we're just going to do it. We're going to start having our own... Uh, avenue and so we just started doing our own shows and inviting all our mates who were artists and DJs and models and designers and started creating these huge multimedia shows and um, they were super successful and it and it really put um, a brown voice into the narrative and it, and it made people pay attention and since then it's just been it's been really good it's been a positive thing but at the time we didn't realise how much of an impact it was going to be so it was really quite a blessing for us to end up exhibiting at Te Papa with all the work that we had made. Mm, that retrospective was on recently, yeah? Yes, it yeah. was. Uh, February last year, I think it was okay. in Te Papa. And then Seems it's, recent. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's just come out of Auckland Art Gallery a month ago or something like that. All right. So you were up in Auckland. When did you move to Wellington? Um, I, when did I move to Wellington? 1995? Maybe I came back, so I was born in Wellington okay. and grew up here and went to lots of different schools here. And then I moved to Auckland in 1982 or something like that. Yes, yeah, so I went up there for like 10, 11 years and then came back home because I left my partner and I had um, a couple of kids and my family's down here, so I came back to be close to them for their help. And it's the best thing I've ever done. I just love being back in Wellington. And when I went, when I came back and I looked and I went, oh my God, it's like Auckland. Maybe in five years it'll be happening as much as Auckland, but it also had its own quirkiness and um, accessibility that Auckland doesn't have. It's just so easy to get around. And, and you know, Wellingtonians are actually really friendly and really generous, and especially in the arts scene, people um, want to share and be part of what you're doing. So it's... Uh, easier, I think, to set up collectives here than it is in Auckland, where people are a little bit more precious around what they're doing. I think maybe, but it could be because it's more competitive up there as well as Wellington. We just we just want to get stuff done. Awesome. <laughs> I, speaking of creative collaborations, I love the poster for this exhibition. Who did who put that together? So um, it's a poster of, it's a photo of David and so David's got a really incredible flatmate called Werner who's a photographer so Werner photographed David out on a cliff and he's manipulated this image, that's why it looks quite surreal and then the lovely Vanessa who is not a designer has gone and done it for us just because she's so wonderful. Oh right. Yeah, isn't she lovely? She's been amazing actually, she's incredible. And she's also been helping us with our promo. Thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa Stacey, everyone. If you ever need a PR person, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear more about Vanessa Stacey, just check back out through the um, B-Sides podcast because she was on just a few weeks ago singing in the studio. Yeah. Um, so I see that you have you were part of ReCut as well. Is that right? Mm. So ReCut is... Um, during the day, I work for Wellington City Council. I'm in the City Arts and Events team. And ReCut is a, an event that is used to activate spaces and promote um, 
creative edgy art and performance in Wellington from Wellington in places that you normally wouldn't see anything like that and it's uh, lots of fun to have a space and so the one we did recently was at Kumatoto um, that a car park suddenly there's a 20 metre structure being built in there and it's got multiple stages and screens and having the opportunity to program the acts and uh, also to use multimedia is really exciting and so this is an initiative that's come out of council just to um, do these incredible activations promoting that we are the creative capital. So the last one that we did uh, down at Kumatoto, uh, David had some of his gowns in there and they were absolutely stunning and some of his menswear but apart from being on the main stage I also found a really cool concrete platform around the corner that was underneath the structure and so I got some red carpet and turned it into a catwalk and set up its own sound system so just before the main show started David had a 15 minute feature showcase of his gowns and all the models we used were performers from Te Oaha and so they loved it and I was the brief was, it's like pose, everybody. We want you to vogue, and you better work that gown because you've got one minute on the catwalk. And they just worked the whole time. It was just so fun and exciting to work with some students who are really passionate about dance. And they're all Māori and Pacific as well, and for them to have an opportunity to work with a top designer and get to wear his gowns and get out of their sweatpants <laughs> and get into something glamorous and just for a moment be somebody else. Nice one. I'd probably like to talk about being somebody else more later, but I think we might have a little music break. You're listening to B-Side Stories and I'm talking to Suzanne Tamaki about um, her upcoming exhibition, The Unholy Trinity. Um, but at the moment I think I'm just going to pop on a song called Tane Mahuta by DLT, who is a guy who was in Upper Hut Posse, if you're as old as me and remember that. Here we go. back to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. We've been talking to Suzanne Tamaki about the Unholy Trinity exhibition and another member of the Trinity has just turned up, Charmaine Anthony. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Charmaine Anthony and my fashion label is Black Wedding. Um, I'm, I've created an installation for the exhibition and it verges on the macabre. Um, it's a cabinet of curiosities and it's, I like to sort of think that it'll, it will give you feelings. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, you'll so, definitely have a reaction to it. Yeah, the unexpected. <laughs> and is it 
open already or do you have to scruffle through it and open things? Um, no, it's open already. So it's a cabinet, but it, yeah, there's lots of curiosities in there. Um, so do, what um, Charmaine's done is she's got an assemblage of uh, different objects from her house that she's created and she's put them all in this cabinet for people to admire. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, they will. They'll either be, they'll either be scared. Um, yeah, it'll create a bit of fear, a curiosity. Uh, you have to look close at some of them to actually think, well, what is this? But that's what we want. We want people to look close at it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of dust and decay. <laughs> <laughs> Just like life. Yeah, and dead things. <laughs> All right. So what draws you to the macabre? Um, I grew up with it. Dad used to take us to the midnight horrors. And um, so I've always loved it. You know, Christopher Lee. Yum. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. He's an old heavy metler. Yeah, and so I've added a few of my uh, garments because I'm a designer as well. And um, I've just put the macabre items, so the, the, the garments that I've put for people to um, admire, <laughs> uh, the, the uh, range is called Asylum Esque. So they're, yeah, they're sort of rotting, um, <laughs> <laughs> mad, mad, <laughs> fun, the fun, yeah, so as well. And these are to wear? Yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been in a few things. Yeah, they have a bit been of fun in a few in them. things. Straight jackets. Um, yeah, and then um, Charmaine's dyed them with... Um, tea bags. Yeah. You get that sort of... Decaying look with yeah. tea bags and yeah. blood and looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it does sound amazing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, also I do a lot of stuff that's beautiful and elegant. So there'll be a slideshow happening with the more elegant garments. Yeah, because yeah. um, Charmaine's also into steampunk. So this is when I was talking to you about her being a bit of an inventor. So mm. she creates these incredible goggles and guns, mm. which are really fun. Cool. Will some of that stuff be in the exhibition? Um, there will be a lot of different images on the slideshow that I've provided, yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Yes. Sounds awesome. We were talking just before about how wearing different outfits can give you a sense of being somebody else. And, I mean, yeah. what's how important is that to your work, that sense of identity and changing identity? Um, I guess for me, what I'd hope to do that when people wear my jackets or they wear my blankets, that they feel quite empowered and get a connection to history and to the past and that they're taking something um, from the past into the future as well and thinking that they're taking some mana and they're taking some memories as well for themselves and um, for New Zealand and I think that's what mine are about, and and David's because his uh, ball gowns they transport you to another place. So when you wear them, especially if you wear them as a group and you've got a collective of ladies, it's almost like wherever you are it turns into this a ballroom or uh, 
you become very stately. It changes even the way you stand, the way you walk, because you have to wear it, and you have to wear it well, and you want to wear it well. So that's one of the things that David's gowns do, and um, Charmaine's are the same as well, especially her elegant works um, with the gowns and the jackets. They're yeah. very um, exquisitely made. Yeah, and, romantic. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah. And, and when you wear them, you just feel quite beautiful in them. We did... Um, Three of the dancers at Recut um, were wearing some of her work and they looked absolutely stunning as a group. Do the three of you do much work for theatre and dance and so forth? Uh, well, uh, Charmaine and I dress the Māori sidesteps, so yeah. that's a little collaborative project that we've got on the go, which is hilarious, because those guys are so funny. They are really funny. Yeah, and they love it. They love wearing the work as well, and it's um, it's cute to see them in their flag wraps and then these really posh jackets with their top, hats. top hats and their jabots and their frilly shirts, because it's all very fancy. And they're all a little bit hoary. But um, it's, a, it's a nice juxtaposition. And I actually haven't heard of the Mary Side Steps. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they're a local Wellington group. Um, and um, I think the lead guy is Jamie McCaskill. They've got their own web series. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, they've just finished doing a big tour around New Zealand. Um, so they're kind of irreverent. They, they, they remind me of Billy T. James a lot. They've sort of got their... Um, that sort of dark humour, but it's really funny. And, and it's and, real New Zealand. And they're laughing at themselves and laughing at New Zealand, and, and you're laughing along with them as well. It's not in a threatening way. Um, what's their song, Living Next Door to Horries? But I'm taking on Living Next Door to Alice. So just a um, really clever play with words. They're very smart, and they all sing and dance, and they're just um, super talented. And uh, it's just been, yeah, we're lucky that we've had that opportunity to work with them. So yeah. check out the Mighty Side Steps online. Yeah, I've just run it down. I'm definitely going to check them out. Yeah. yeah. And then um, in the past, uh, probably uh, with Pacific Sisters, uh, I did quite a bit of costume stuff in Auckland um, with some theatre companies up there and also um, with dance groups as well. I don't know, Charmaine, have you done any stuff at the theatre? Uh, David and I used to have a, a show, uh, Black Circus, and... We used to incorporate um, Wellington bands, burlesque, and um, fashion. So New Zealand fashion designers that were alternative fashion designers. And, um, yeah, I'd like to do some more of that. Yeah, they were great shows. Yeah. They're very, they remind me a lot of the Menagerie. So do you know about the Menagerie, which is um, Rachel Rouge? So she usually does them at the Fringe Bar. She just did one about a month ago at the Opera House, and so she showcased um, burlesque dancers, um, striptease, aerial artists. She even had a mind reader. He was amazing. Um, oh. But it's like this really sort of jumble sale of incredible performers, and yeah. it, it was like being in a, a really cool burlesque show in Paris or something. It was just so um, so well put together. But that's what Black Wedding... Uh, Black Circus, about, sorry, yeah. used to remind me of was that it's this sort of place where you come and you're not sure what to expect, but it's going to be great and unexpected. Yeah, and yeah. incorporating lots of really cool performers yeah. from um, promoting talent, yeah. which is yeah. really nice. Yeah. yeah, it must be time to do another one of I those. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Let us know when you do. Well, <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, I see the word anti-fashion associated with you guys quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess the whole idea around that as well is that um, we 
we're not doing fashion mainstream so when you think about what we do is we've got our own angle on what it is and we're not trying to follow status quo we don't do seasons we don't follow what everyone else is doing we've got our own ideas and our own influences and a lot of it is historical so we're looking more at stories and culture and that's where we're coming from rather than what's the next hot thing to wear what's coming off the runway so it's yeah yeah, and in a way it's kind of fashionable because it's our own fashion, but it's maybe just anti-establishment. <laughs> Is that also a form of activism for you? Like, through yeah. your art, are you, are you trying to change things? Yeah, it definitely is. I think it's a, a good way for people to um, to question question what it is they're wearing, question what they're doing, question what we're doing, why are we doing that? It, and that's what I like about art, that people can look at it and have an opinion when they're looking at something and they don't necessarily have to voice what their opinion is. And if you're coming from a political perspective, they're going to pick up on that as well. So it's a really good opportunity for us to get this in front of people's face, faces without um, having to be too confrontational about it. Yeah, it'll just get them thinking. Yeah, yeah. totally. What are the sort of things you would like them to come away thinking about if they come and see your exhibition next week? Um, the unexpected. Recycle. Yeah, we're definitely Upcycle. upcycling. Yeah. Yeah, so don't throw stuff away. We never throw stuff away. Think it, we give stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but think about what it is you've got and what you're doing yeah. and why you've got it and um, think outside the box as well. There could be ways that you could re-energise your wardrobe or your... Jewellery, you might see something and think, actually, I've got this incredible dog bone, I'm going to make it into a hat or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I do hats too. Mm. You do hats. Mm. David does hats. He's got a, an amazing collection of hats that's going to be showed in um, the Unholy Trinity. They're mm. just Fabulous. Yeah. I've got a few headpieces too. Yeah, you've got some amazing yeah. ones too. Yeah, because we've just um, recently come out of the window of um, Te Papa. Yeah, we got um, commissioned to do it for Matariki. So we did a series of mannequins dressed in our garments in there for um, Matariki in, in response to all the different stars that are in the system. Mm -hmm. And so each character was one of the stars and they represented the power that belongs to that star so it was really nice to be able to do yeah. something like that that's very wearable art but it's also very story orientated too which is what we like yeah kind of educational i only this year at ahika learned that there are nine stars in matariki not there's seven, seven. Yeah. there's kind of like 207 eh? oh yeah but you just oh, can't no. see them i know don't oh, worry again. <laughs> there's heaps of them the, st the story's actually really awesome but um yeah, there's, there's nine, so Puanga is um, the one that they celebrate out of Taranaki. So we, they can't see Matariki because it rises in the east and Puanga is in the west, so they can, they do two extra stuff. Are you guys from, you're from different iwi, is that right? Yeah, I'm Ngatihawa, mm -hmm. yeah, from Taranaki. Mm. And does that have an effect on how your work interplays? The fact you've come from slightly different cultural backgrounds? I think we sort of bounce off each other and we sort of... Um, yeah, we're not... We're not... Um, our collective isn't really based on being Māori. That's just a bonus um, yeah. that we have, whereas 
like for me, the stuff I do is quite Māori orientated, whereas Charmaine's work is more um, object and fashion orientated, and David's recently started doing more Māori stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he's been a bit more inspired by it, and which is great because the gowns and that look fantastic. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, he's more inspired by couture and um, history, fashion history. Mm-hmm. So no, we we don't have any Maori wars <laughs> <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> but he has created a small film. That's going to be um, yeah. aired at um, at the gallery. At the so gallery he'll be Friday. showing it for the first time on Friday. The yeah. portrait, which yeah. he's been really excited about, and that's putting together. It's yeah. very, it's very, yeah. and so is the storyline. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing that mm-hmm. for the first time. I haven't seen it, okay. but he's been going on and on about it. So <laughs> <laughs> we're looking forward to it. So it's a fiction film. Yeah, yeah, but it's sort of based it loosely on characters and things that happened. Okay. Yeah. Wow, it sounds like there's a lot going on at this exhibition. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think because we're all sort of bringing our own aesthetic to it as well, so it's just little, you'll find little nooks and crannies with lots of different stories happening. But um, I'm sure we'll find a thread, apart from just being mates. Yeah. (laughs) And a little bit sacrilegious and unholy. (laughs) Excellent. I'm starting to get a sense of where the infamous comes from now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you talked about David's film um, and some of the other what you've been doing. What, are there any other current projects you guys have going on you'd like to talk about? Um, what have you got coming up, anything? Oh, I can talk about um, a national show that I'm helping with. We, uh, we've got 250 Māori artists who are exhibiting right throughout New Zealand in response to the Cook commem- commemorations. So... Uh, we're coming from a Māori perspective because we're not happy with the millions of dollars that have been spent on celebrating Cook mm-hmm. and um, the fact that he didn't discover New Zealand and we don't want that to be part of the narrative because it's not true. We're really upset that they're not teaching New Zealand history in schools and they're refusing even though there's been pressure on them to do it and for some reason they still won't. Um, and that's really unfair because then people are still having to find out the real stories by themselves when in fact... You go to school and you learn German history and you learn European history. And it's like, where's ours? This is our country. And we'd go a long way towards healing if we actually were telling the stories honestly so we could start that dialogue and start it at a young age with kids too so they grow up with it and don't feel bad about it when they become adults and then um, try to ignore it. Mm. And that's how racism starts. Well, that's one of the reasons anyway. It's a shame about ignorance. Well, it is. And it's not bliss. Ignorance isn't bliss at all. New Zealand's too small. We should be um, looking after and supporting each other. So we're going to be doing this show in November. We've got various um, spaces around New Zealand. I've got Pataka Gallery. Um, So it'll be Māori artists, Māori work, uh, talking about Māori stories. Yeah, and... I have got, I do the Newtown Festival and I do um, Out, Out in, in the, the Park, park mm-hmm. which I really love and um, they really enjoy my garments. Yeah, and, they and do. And binary. Yeah. Yeah. They go crazy. Do they get worn <laughs> in the parade, some of your outfits? Um, well, we we sort of want to have a, sh- a, a fashion show at Out in the Park, which will be really, and incorporate um, all the genders and... 
Which is what we do anyway. Which what you know, yeah, so it's sort of something that we right. take for granted that we just that's think that right. everyone realizes that what well, that's what we do yeah. without having to explain it or put it in writing and prove that we're gonna yeah. do it. So, you know. It's just a lifestyle. <laughs> that's that's how right. we are. But yeah. So hopefully you do get a showcase on the stage. It'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Did you get the proposal I sent you? Yeah, I did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys can talk about that when I put a song on. <laughs> I'm going to put a song on now. Um, this is B-Side Stories, and I am going to put on another song called Tane Mahuta. We already had one. This one's by the Ruby Sons. Hello and welcome back to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. We're talking about the Unholy Trinity Exhibition. Oh, it wasn't even finished. (laughs) 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 And um, I am talking to Shaman Anthony and Suzanne Tamaki. Um, The other part of the exhibition is David Royal. And I see that his label is called Hand Sewn, is that right? And he, he... doesn't use a sewing machine, sews all his pieces by hand. Yeah. So do you wanna Yeah, do you he does. Talk about he's been right at, yeah. He doesn't use sewing machines, he sews everything by hand. Um, and the gowns are enormous, so some of the creations just take forever. Um, but we're all into quite a bit of hand sewing. Uh, I do use sewing machines but probably only thirty percent of a garment is hand is sewing on a sewing machine the rest of it is hand sewn just to get the detail Suzanne yeah same and so I do a lot of patches and um, customising jackets and so a lot of my stuff is hand stitched as well Um, and of course with my jewellery that's all handmade too so I think there's something about the tactileness of it of actually doing something with your hands and creating something and and it happens quite quickly as well and um, I think we're all the same that we'd have multiple projects on the go at once right. so there's all these different areas of work happening throughout the house um, and I think so that's an advantage for us because if we kind of get bored with one project we can move on to another one and then yeah. get it going. And everything's upcycled which is sort of um, not wasting existing garments that it would normally get thrown out so we'll find something from a second hand store that wouldn't you know and then we embellish it mm. or make it over yeah. into something yeah. elegant, fabulous, mm. uh, yeah, designer. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It, it it means it's also more personal because you've given it that touch as well yeah, rather than yeah. just thinking and I've got a pattern and copy yeah. that. And it's not going into the landfill. Mm. It's, um, yeah, saving the planet. <laughs> Yeah, one frock at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of um, movement against fast fashion these days. That's right, yeah. Yeah, but it's still happening. Yeah. <laughs> more and more. It's still happening. Yeah, I sort of feel like, oh, we're not, surely not here in New Zealand. And then you read that the amount of clothes going to landfill is yeah. going up every year. Yeah. And especially, who's that Asian lady in you Kuno your house? What is it? Marie Kondo. Oh, yeah. Kuno. Kondo your house. <laughs> and so people are getting rid of stuff and lots of um, 
op shops aren't taking stuff because they've just been inundated with people wanting to get rid of things. So, yeah, I don't know if she's been great for the planet, but maybe she's been better for your wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) Peace of mind or something. But, yeah, there's something about making sure that that stuff comes back and it doesn't just just get dumped. Yeah, so how do you do things like that? Yeah, I was down at um, the landfill the other day and I was looking at the tip shop and thought, oh, they only take a certain percentage of stuff and it would be great if you could just have a free cycle pile that's potentially not at the shop or close to the shop where people don't have to pay, don't have to come in, and they could just take it away. Um, there are a few... Because, you know, lots of people throw away shoes yeah. and things like that that could be really handy. Yeah, there are a few businesses that are actually doing that now. Ah. Uh, that free-for-all. Yeah. They're amazing. Mm. And there's that one online as well. But, yeah, but I, just, yeah. I just thought having a free station... Some, yeah. I mean, it would take organising in that, but yeah. I've been thinking about it since being there and thought there must be a way that we can do that and get some of that stuff back out into communities who would really value one, it. Me. Yeah, Charmaine and I did one um, at Papa one time for Christmas. Yeah, it was great. We um, got lots of lots of donations, and I approached a sock place, and they gave me heaps of socks and and I had a hairdresser, and so they gave free haircuts to homeless. So we had all these men come and get their haircut, and what a difference it made yeah. to them! They just looked amazing, and clothes. Yeah, and just... then we had a wrapping station, and you could make a Christmas card. So we had lots of kids and their mums coming in. Um, yeah, uh, getting Christmas presents. presents and they yeah. all went away so happy and it was just such a cool thing to yeah. be a part of. It was amazing. Mm. It did take a lot of energy though, so you really need volunteers to help with that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We had the woman from Free For All talk to B-Sides oh, one time yeah, and, and she was cool. saying that amazing thing about the kids going, oh, I can actually, I can take these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that appreciate it the most. Eh? Mm. And they're the ones that probably Especially need it the when most. Especially they haven't got it. You know, yeah. Like, marginalised people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it seems horrible if you're, you're like struggling to get rid of them. I've got too many things, I've got to get rid of my things. And then there's other people who desperately need yeah, them. Yeah, totally. So how do we match them up? Mm. I'm a terrible hoarder too because I always feel like... Um, Oh, you know, someone can make something. Else. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah. So I like your idea. I like the idea of somewhere where I could get rid of it from my life, but know that it might get used. Like, by you guys, by some artists, mm. or yeah, you know, if it can't be used as what it was anymore. Yeah, we do get given lots of stuff actually. We say you might be able to use this. So I think there's between the three of us, we do a bit of a rotation about what we think each other might be keen on using. Yeah. Yep. So. Just to sort of recap through, so if I come into the exhibition on Friday and then you've got a week to see it, right, mm. after that, um, I'm going to see Ball Gowns yep. by David. Cabinet yeah. of Curiosities. Yeah. Um, jewelry. Movie. The movie, yeah, Jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. And if you come to the opening on Friday, which um, opens at 6, the gallery, we've got live models who'll be wearing David's gowns. And then at 7 o'clock... Um, one of the top classical guitarists from New Zealand will be um, performing. He's actually my son. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, what's his name? Ramika. So Ramika Tamaki. He's, he's just graduated fourth year classical and he's just finished touring with the Barber of Seville. So he'll be playing wow. classical guitar at seven if you want to come and listen to him. And then we're encouraging everyone to head off to S&M's for after drinks. Nice. Oh, yeah. It just sounds amazing. 
so many things going on. It's a pity it's only a week, really. So yeah, I know. It's, it's true, too, you know, when you do something and you work so hard to get it in and put it together. And it's even like live shows and you do one show and you're like, was that it? <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just keep going? After weeks of rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. it's mm. true. Do you feel like there's a uniquely Wellington aspect to your work, either of you? Yeah. Yeah. All three of us are unique to Wellington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we're influenced a lot by Wellington as well because um, of the weather, because it's cold, so we do lots of layering. I've noticed with all our garments, that, and that's such a Wellington thing, so make sure that we're still warm even when, when we're looking fabulous and like me using the blankets and the jackets. It, was, yeah. it kind of is in response to the environment where we live, and I think Wellington's got its own kind of quirky fashion culture and it's great for us that we can be part of that. Yeah, Wellingtonians aren't shy about what they wear, right? Yeah, you know, they'll dress up if they have to. Yeah, and and they'll clash colours and fabrics. And and, good. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's creative. And that's cool. Yeah. 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 So you don't agree with the cliche that Wellingtonians just wear all black all the time? Oh, that's just (laughs) Lampton K. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hang on, where are the goths hang out and the goths? But, um... It's interesting, I think I heard something that said that uh, when Albert died, Victoria wore black for something like 30 plus years and Wellington started to wear black. They adopted it and it sort of never went out of fashion. And hey, black's black. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with black. That's right. Although I do love colour, but you know. Um, it's almost funny, it's like we've got that really dark black side to us, but we've also got this really kind of zany, colourful, creative side that comes out. Occasionally. So will we be able to buy stuff from the exhibition, jewellery? Yeah. Definitely. There'll be, some, yeah. there'll be some works that are just um, on exhibition, mm. but there'll be some stuff that's for sale as well. A hat? Oh, yeah. 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 David yeah. will have a hat. Yeah. And I've just done a new set of uh, deadly earrings at affordable <laughs> prices, so <laughs> get those, limited range. <laughs> Where are they deadly earrings? Oh, I've made them out of cigarette packets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to bring this up or not, but um, I did notice that you've done some Elvis impersonation, Suzanne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that something you still do? Um, not as much because my hair's growing longer. So, But what happened, it actually started from a Christmas party at Te Papa and I was the MC, so I dressed as Elvis and I just loved it so much. Um, I got an Elvis suit. Actually, Charmaine helped me. She keeps giving me Elvis stuff. And... Then I just, because I play the guitar as well, so I just got like a series of Elvis songs together and um, just occasionally busted out. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Excellent. Did you ever take Pat and I went to one out at um, Tony Workingmen's Club? No, I didn't make it to that one and there was one in Upper Hut as well. But I was a little bit, um, I wasn't confident enough to do it because I saw like some of the guys that were doing it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think the edge I would have brought the fact was that I was a woman. Mm, next <laughs> time you should do it because you're amazing. Oh, thanks, Charmaine. Yeah. I felt like they needed a woman the time I went. They were all awesome and yeah. it was quite a diverse range of Elvises. Yeah. <laughs> But I thought, you do need a woman, and he... Oh, yeah, okay, right, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not cutting my hair, I'll just get a wig. Uh, $2 shop. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fast fashion, you can make one. Yeah, we'll just make one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, is there anything else that we have not covered? Uh, no, just to let everyone know that the show starts this Friday, and it goes till the 31st, and I'm actually not sure what time the gallery closes. I think it's 5. 
That sounds about right. If you're not sure, go online and check it out at the Pataki Patterson Gallery and it should have the hours up there. Really nice gallery and thank you to them for letting us exhibit up there as well. Totally. So upstairs on Dixon Street? It is. Yeah. It's um, opposite it's Pigeon Park. Nine Dixon Street. Is it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that just sounds amazing. Um, definitely sounds worth checking out. So you've got the live models from six, but when does it actually open? Is it five or...? Um, six. So six will be letting people in the door. Okay, so, cool. All right. So, so they can just mill around outside looking fabulous while they wait mm. to be let in. And I'd also like to thank a couple of our sponsors. We do have number one uh, Bubbles, who are giving us have given us a few bottles of bubbles. Thank you very much. And also Riddell Productions, who helped David, of course, Potoki Patterson. Um, Colin Matura Jeffries, who hooked me up with the bubbles. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, Potoki Patterson. Excellent. All right, that sounds great. So that is, for anybody who's just tuned in, the Unholy Trinity exhibition. Um, and I've been talking to Suzanne Tamaki and Charmaine Anthony, and the third member of the Trinity is David Royal. Um, he's going to have a little film playing as well on Friday, so it sounds great. And we'll just go out with, we were talking about the Upper Hut Posse, so here's a song from the Upper Hut Posse called Can't Get Away. Was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.